the one we have waited our entire lives for. Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money Show, episode 65. That's right, we're four away from nice. In this show, we will review UFC 255 and preview UFC Vegas 15 Blades versus Lewis. I'm heavy biased in that fight. Full disclosure, I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind, here with real Mike, Mike Copenhaver at Don't Cope Just Win, and Mikey Gilman at Mikey Gills. That's Gills with a Z. No snarky comment on there. Too tired for that. Also, follow the show on Twitter at MMA for Money Show. It's where you get everything. It's where we share everything. It's where we're live now on Twitter and all that wonderful, wonderful, sweet, sweet goodness. Real Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, man. Uh, just been off for a few weeks now, just recovering my body from working for the last four months straight, uh, enjoying my son and uh, this holiday season. So I can't wait for Turkey Day on Thursday. Mike Gills, how's life? I'm prison, Mike. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I've been watching a lot of The Office lately. That's all I got. Uh, just I'm on like season three of the rewatch. It's going great though. How about you? <laughs> sorry, I just went through that entire scene where he talks. <laughs> I don't even know what they're called, but talks about like running away from the characters from Harry Potter. Sorry, <laughs> 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 right. deep dive that is unnecessary. But you know what? Right. May Four Money Show is here live right now on Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube. If you're watching us right now, it's on one of those things. Also, quick. Little little mini tidbit. If you're watching us live on YouTube, if you just scrolled a little bit lower and either subscribed or liked, that goes a long way. Comment, sure. Hop into the chat on any of those things. We're trying our best to answer all of them. Uh, we have a connection to all of those, so please ask questions. We will try to get to those as they come up. Uh, if you could find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, just straight RSS feed. Obviously, if you're watching us live on YouTube, that's fantastic. After the fact, we are also available there as well as tidbits of the show and quick pause here before we even go into the subscribing thing you gotta check out some of the shows from last week we have an awesome interview on there with real mike and gustavo lopez a return guest of the show he talks about his win over anthony burchek and just some of the stuff around there we also have that one broken down trying to give you guys as much content as possible and if you subscribe you don't miss those things like comment share spread the word gives uh, i just want some, some of those five star ratings you get on itunes more of like a personal thing like i'll feel good Real Mike will feel good. I know Mike Gills will feel good. If we get some five-star five, five star ratings, we'll share those out. We'll probably start stalking you. Maybe we'll become best friends. Maybe next Thanksgiving you're coming over to our house. I mean, my wife makes a killer cranberry sauce. A little bit of jalapeno in there, a little orange undernotes. But besides that, it's just a solid, solid meal. UFC 255 is what we're going to go into. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of rambling. I apologize in advance. Just as all, you know what, you know what, I'm not even going to get into the show yet. I'm not even gonna get, I, I can't even get to start with the show because there's one thing I have to hit first. There's absolutely one thing I have to get first. So last week, we waxed a little bit poetic on uh, Mr. Primetime himself, the patriarch of the show, uh, MMA for money, on how amazing he did over the weekend. 
And usually if you notice, and we'll, we'll talk about it, we've talked about a little bit with how DraftKings worked with Mikey Gills and some betting that has gone with us. Every time you get a little bit overconfident, you get humbled. Apparently that doesn't apply to Mr. Primetime himself because if you, if you look at the tweet he shared, I'll give you the breakdown of the numbers, but if you want the specific bets, it's all shared on there. Or I could share you text messages that I have from him to further bolster the validity of those. But dude went 9.85 units on the Sunday afternoon games. It was he crazy. Lost one bet. Dude, Just it one. Insane. It's kind of remarkable and utterly insane to see. So if you want to make up any of your losing from our last week's losing, you need to hop on his train quick. Cause uh if you go to the site at MMA uh, MMA4money.com, it has all of the packages for what he is offering. Also has some write-ups from some great guys who also cash for you. You have to go to the site because you're getting more than just the bets in the show. Obviously, you're guaranteed at least one to two free bets from us. You're guaranteed at least a DraftKings lineup from Mikey Gills. But if you go on the website, there's anywhere from one to three other bets, whether it be props or straight stuff like that. And if you put some money into a package, you get some of these crazy, these crazy streaks that Primetime himself is going on. So just had to pause, give him credit where credit's due, because he's just had a utterly ridiculous NFL experience. And well, we've all shared in that experience in our in some small way. Uh, UFC 255. Yes, we're back at it i knew we would get there i knew we could get there i knew we could do it i believed in us did you believe in us i absolutely believed in us <laughs> we're going to review figurato versus perez the entire fight card i'm going to go through the results of said fight card and then i'm going to throw it to probably actually you guys should probably jump in whenever you want but i will for sure give it to you on certain aspects i know you guys don't want to talk about certain ones we're trying to go through as fast as possible on these so we could dive oh, into oh, oh. One thing, for sure, we're going over Chukagin versus uh, Cynthia Cavillo because Mikey was talking all kinds of shit last week, if you guys remember, so we're going to go over that for sure. I mean, we could do it right now if you want. The, the, the debate has not been settled. It's, it's been about her ground game twice, and she just won't go down there because apparently she's scared of it. I don't, it's, that out there. I, I, I don't know. I just know that the favorite lost pretty badly, and it was, it was pretty sad for on Cavillo's part, but either way, just give Mikey shit. <laughs> Well, honestly, that's that's something we do on the show. It's something that you'll appreciate. Obviously, we don't disagree a ton, which I've heard upsets some people. But wherever we do disagree, it usually leads to some pretty heated conversation back and forth between a few people. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, me and Mikey. Just, you know, that's not just for the show either. That's not just for the show. That happens via text and group <laughs> as well. Yeah, exactly. Mikey Gills will be firing 10, 10 memes at me within a second, freaking over there on the on the Twitter messaging so it's fun yeah i exactly. turned my phone off on saturday uh, during the chukagan calvillo fight because i didn't want to see it i knew it was going <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, i'll tell you what i'll just quick go through uh results and then after we go through all of the results i will bring up two or three and if you guys have any after that fact then we'll just hop right into the new one so in the very first fight of the night i was way off on this one sasha platnikov Got the third round right cross to ground and pound TKO over Lewis Koski. Koska, still probably going to get that right, is a huge underdog. Kyle Dawkins pulled it off. The Dawkins dynasty is set. Both brothers seem to be good. Eventually, one will prevail. The light theory still holds true until the career is over. So we'll find out. But he got a nearest decision. Uh, huge favorite, but he pulled it off. Alan Joban. Looked how we wanted him to look coming off all of the injuries. That was my biggest stay away because I had said on the show it was for sure going to be a bet. But all man, all those injuries, all that stuff keeping just keeping me away from it. But he got the decision victory over Jared Gooden. Nicholas Dalby got a decision. 
I suppose. I mean, the record works it is. Daniel Rodriguez tried to appeal to the athletic commission that didn't quite go that way. We will hit that one back uh, after we move on. We'll go through all the results and we'll go back to that one for sure. Um, next up, Shevchenko Light. She got the ground and pound TKO in round two against Ariana Lipsky. Yaquin Joquin. I'm going to probably pronounce it his entire career. Buckley. <laughs> stick again. I'm sticking with Buckley. I can keep doing this. Uh, he got a round two TKO with hooks. Got another finish. There's a lot of hype on him. He was able to pull it off. First round was a little bit iffy, whatever he did it. This next one kind of hurt me a bit. We could talk about this as, as well um, because this was my pick, Brandon Roy Ball. He got TKO'd technically. His uh, shoulder basically uh, came out of the socket, as apparently he's prone to do. I was unaware of that. And then couldn't defend. And then there was some ground and pound. And apparently it was a TKO. But he was really start like. It was shaping up to be the fight that we all thought it was going to be, and just too bad we got the the shoulder. Just so I guess we'll never really know how it would have ended, because those crazy exchanges is where Roy Val finds his openings and finds his finishing thing, his possibility to get finishes. So I'm not not to, obviously it's a loss, but I'm not saying I was completely wrong on that one because I wasn't proven wrong because he didn't really have an opportunity to do what he needs to do. Uh, Tim Means got a man's decision over a overweight Mike Perry. On the scale, not in general. I'm not fat shaming Mike Perry. Although, you know what? I'm not above fat shaming Mike Perry. <laughs> Next up, Caitlin Chagian got the unanimous decision victory over Cynthia Calvillo. Uh, after that, one that I was actually really hoping I had a small bet, just a small one, on this next fight going to a draw, which didn't happen. For all the reasons, I mean, which to draw the first fight. It wasn't just because when draw the draw the first fight that I went with it. it was because each one of these guys had a possibility of get ten, getting ten aided and then winning the following two. But and Hula tapped to strikes. So I never thought I'd say it, but you know what, Paul Craig, Paul Craig, yes, that Paul <laughs> Craig made Hula tap to strikes. Uh, yeah, I know. Valentina Shevchenko got the unanimous decision victory. My biggest takeaway from this was I didn't realize that she. I know she had been injured, but I didn't think she would be that tentative in the fight. Uh, and it wasn't really until the third or fourth round she really started picking it up. David Figueredo latched on that round one guillotine and got the victory there. Now, uh, scrolling back a bit, because if you can't tell, I'm on a computer. Scrolling back. It's not new tech speak. It's literally just scrolling in the opposite direction I was just going. Um, before we hop into uh, the Dan Rodriguez Dolby decision, is there any prelims before that one that either of you guys want to hit? Mikey Gills, is there any ones before the Rodriguez Dolby fight that you want to talk about? And I know you were sure. all on Dawkins, so kudos on Dawkins. Well, but... it, what I was going to say it was Dawkins related. We were talking about the uh, the light theory. I was thinking we could actually do an award and base it on the Dawkins brothers, and we could call it the worst member of the fighting family. It could be the ugly Dawkey award. Just, <laughs> I don't know. The ugly Dawkling. We can, we can call it that. I think that works. Uh, that's sick. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, ugly um, the ugly doc uh, uh, we'll, we'll work on that but no, we'll, we'll workshop that maybe get some artwork for it and we'll <laughs> post it we, we'll, we'll have a vote we'll have a, okay. we'll have a social media vote <laughs> yeah and, uh, on, on the pre early prelims the, the only thing that I have to say really is uh, on Lewis Koski I fucking told you guys do not listen this week if you bet him or parlayed him and look what happened to that motherfucker I bet you aren't listening. Hope you aren't listening. Actually, I hope you are listening. Come back, please. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. 
Uh, just uh, one other quick thing we can talk about real quick um, uh, is we, we were talking about just a second ago off air is uh, do we want to hit the commentary real quick? Do we want to do that now? Or do you want to save that? Yeah, right, dude, go for it. Go for it. No, it's just uh, uh, the next card. So hit it. It was during the Rodriguez fight. Uh, if you, it, Rogan and DC had a, an off day early on, they, they righted themselves later. But they in this fight, there, well, there, there were a couple of fights on the undercard where it felt like Rogan and DC were watching completely different fights. And it was it just happened to be on you know several fights that I had in the DraftKings lineup that weren't going my way, and I'm I'm listening to what they're saying, and I'm watching, and I got a beer in my hand. I'm just I'm not sure who to believe at this point. But no, <laughs> I thought they had just a really off night in particular with the Rodriguez decision. It just seemed like Rogan. I know uh, Joe Schilling was in the corner for Rodriguez, and I don't know if it was the empty arena and he was trying to sway the judges or anything, but Rogan really seemed like he was cheerleading hard for Rodriguez, and it was just it was distracting. I know I'm not the only one that saw it. A bunch of people were talking about it. But uh, other than yeah, that, no, it it was definitely a weird uh, commentary from the the bunch. It wasn't the best from the two. I, I'm usually a big fan of DC and Rogan being together, and it just it just wasn't that great. There was one good moment when they were uh, discussing how ridiculous the judges are when they're watching the fights and they score them, you know, the, the wrong way, like we talk about. Right. In, and then DC's like, shh, "Shh, Rogan, be quiet, be quiet. Don't get it. Don't. God, I'm gonna get. In, you're gonna get in trouble, dude." And he's just like, "Well, what are they watching? You know, like I don't get it. Like which <laughs> eye? Like one eye closed, one eye open. I don't know. I don't get it." And so that was probably the yeah. best part. So, well, I yeah. like I, that's one of the reasons that like that when you brought that up, the reason I said you guys are going to be the ones that talked about that. I said this on the show before. I typically don't listen to commentary, um, except like when they're going to read off a judge's scorecard. Um, and some of that is because, like, I like Rogan in general, but one thing that he's kind of been notorious for doing, especially over the last few years, is he sees a narrative or he picks a narrative and then just beats it to death over the yeah. course of the fight, even if it's not necessarily leading to that. So, like, he might see, like, oh, man, that first leg kick, that low calf kick was super strong. Okay, every time it comes up, he's like, that's going to add up. Like, oh, see, look, there it is adding up, even if it doesn't seem to physically or sorry, visibly being doing any busy, visibly doing anything. Nailed it on the third time, <laughs> <laughs> but he'll still stick with it because it's something he saw early on. And I don't know, I think people get lost in the weeds a lot of yeah. times when he just kind of just keeps going for it when there's plenty of other stuff going on. So it's one of the reasons I haven't been listening to it in a while. I mean, there's there's a few guys I like, but typically I, I found that especially when uh. Anik is always good. Uh, he kind of gets overpowered with someone like Joe and DC. And especially Joe and DC always have a tendency to just like kind of be like, hey, we're buddies hanging out talking. Oh, there's uh, they fights are going on? There's fights going on, really? That's cool. They, they, they do the fight companion live. It's actually kind of cool in that sense. But True. it can be, it can be slightly distracting when you're paying for a pay-per-view. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, yeah. for everyone listening to this, all you people that are paying for pay-per-views... <laughs> sorry <laughs> dang um, sorry that was probably a little bit too far um other than that i was i said still like uh, in terms of the judging for the dan rodriguez fight i thought dan rodriguez won i mean it doesn't help us because we uh had him inside the distance but that fight was way closer than i thought it would be i thought dolby just did, didn't have it in him to be able to take it pretty much um other than that like i said shift like shevchenko quick hopping up to the top I did not think she was going to be tentative because I thought Maya was going to be coming forward enough that she couldn't afford to be. And that's what happened. But it really just led to Maya able to clinch her against the cage for a bit and win the second round. And then Valentina poured it on a little bit too late. I mean, it was clear, not, not too late to win, but too late to get a finish. And then loving me some Davidson Figueredo. And I mean, I guess like if you listen back to the other show, 
um, real Mike won't have to like actually sell off his kid or his <laughs> left nut or his house. <laughs> Dave's figure out a one. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. And quite easily at that. And so I hope whoever had the money to do something like that made a shit ton because that was easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl money right there. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I hope you guys cash in there. Uh, sorry about the Daniel Rodriguez loss. He just looked timid. He didn't look, he didn't, he looked flat. He didn't look like he wanted to kill someone that day. He definitely was the alley theory. That was one of the first times it ended up being wrong. And because Dana Rodriguez didn't even show up to the alley. I don't know. And they must have had tortas or tamales on sale or a taco stand down the road. It must have got caught there. And I don't blame you, bro. I would have been at the taco stand too. I mean, no big deal on that one. And I mean, I, I just, I just want to take a pause because I don't, I'm the, I could tell, even though obviously I'm not looking into your soul, I'm not seeing your reaction, I'm not hearing <laughs> what you said. But I don't think you guys got how deep of a phrase, how amazing the easy breezy, beautiful cover girl line was. And I want to explain it. For those of you who don't know, Davison Figueredo is also a hairstylist. And that's not an exaggeration. He actually did that. That's mm -hmm. He dyes his own hair. He actually did that for a living for a little bit. I mean, he also knows how to make sushi and did that I never for a little knew bit that. too. Yeah. So like he actually worked originally as like a... I think he just cleaned up hair and worked in the back and then finally eventually someone showed him how to do it so he started styling women's hair so uh, this is a deep deep reference that uh, now i think you'll appreciate further well, thank I'm, you I'm, thank you context. bob thank you bob for giving me some shine right there because well, mikey gills over there was born in like 90 and he didn't even know what was happening all right first dude, off, he's like wait, four wait, wait, years wait, wait, older wait. than me i, I was yeah. i was i was joking dude i, I, I was know, joking i know what cover girl is but the fact is i haven't had hair since i was 24 years old oh thank you very much. that's true so sorry you guys talk about hair I just we're evil check out. we're evil dude i know i'm sorry <laughs> dude mike you look used good. to do that Mike, you look good for being older than me, bro. Holy shit. Oh, thank you, sir. I try to stay in shape, you know, except for hey, all the miles on the, the mailman or as a mailman, he pushes like a motherfucker. Dude, 3,700 active calories yesterday. It was fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we, we can go back to fighting. Drinks up here faster. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. So uh, as a review, um, our bets... Not great, obviously. Minus two units. We lost a unit on the Brandon Roy Vol, which I'm still pissed about because of the injury. But hey, that happens. It's MMA. That's why so many of the other ways of betting fights don't work. And so many things can happen. Uh, Rodriguez in the distance. Yeah, he looked timid. But I do think he still had the ability to do it. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dalby goes down in his next fight. Mikey Gills, how did our DraftKings do? All right. So before I get into the DraftKings, I just want to say... Um this is only to make myself shine a little bit better is everybody kind of had a little bit of an off night with all of the major upsets and things like that. Getting back to us though, three of six for 371 points. I blame myself and we will get to why at the end of it. But um, I, I actually, I don't know who else I would blame. I came up with every pick. That made no sense. Anyway, uh, just trying to make myself look better. Starting off with our top score, Alan Jovan, 122 points. The padded record theory is flawless. Like Jared Gooden, I told you completely padded record. Wasn't going to be able to win this fight. And I, he, he did look a little better than I thought, but Jovan landed early and often. This is one of the other fights I was talking about where if you were listening to the commentary, you would have thought that Gooden was the best fighter who's ever lived and landed a thousand shots and was killing Jovan. But Jovan clearly won that fight all day, 120 points. Next up, Tim Means. As soon as I saw the, that the rumors about Mike Perry's weight were true, I put the hammer down on Tim Means on every single bet across the board. Um, Mike Perry's shady to begin with. And then when you're telling me a guy like Tim Means is going to fight a guy who clearly doesn't care, all day long, Tim Means 99 points. Next up, David Davison Figueredo. 
Uh, I love that he finished that fight early because I had had a lot of drinks. It was really late and I just needed to go to bed. I was a little sad with everything else that was going on with some of the bets that didn't come through. So thank you, Davison Figurator, 99 points. Next up, Danny Rodriguez. We just got done talking about it. Um, completely timid decision. Bob, I know you, you think you want. I, I absolutely don't think he did. Um, I think he looked timid. He was taking leg kicks the whole fight. He was afraid to move forward. His corner was constantly calling for forward pressure. He didn't do any of that. He just stayed on the outside and eight kicks and a couple of punches. Just offered nothing, in my opinion. 41 and a half points. Uh, you really wanted something better for that. I think he was 9,100. Uh, next up, Brandon Royville. And thank God for that injury because I talked Brandon Royville up as much as Bob did, and now we don't have to explain why he looked bad because we can talk about <laughs> something else. Um, the really, and plus, the added good news for me is that because of that <laughs> shoulder injury, I could just sit there and make lethal weapon jokes on Twitter for an hour straight. It was fantastic. <laughs> Riggs, I love you. Next up, Ariana Lipsky, seven and a half points. And somebody out there, I don't care who you are, Show me where on your bingo card it said Antonina Shevchenko was going to win a, Doppler, a, a dominant grappling match. You didn't hmm. see that coming. No well, one saw that coming. I, I certainly, I, I certainly knew that Shevchenko was going to be was better than Lipsky because I told you the best thing about Lipsky was her butt, and that <laughs> yeah. was I mean, it was ass up when she was getting beat up. I right. don't know. You're not you're not entirely incorrect, and I'm I'm going to side with you on that one. But she did look good on the feet. She was landing hard, and like. I'll give uh, what, I'll, give I'll, gi- I'll give it to her. She was hand- she was landing hard, but you can I mean landing hard and then you know and mixed martial arts. She got you know she got she got beat. I'm just gonna pause for a second to say that um you're gonna give it to her and she's landing hard. I'm just throwing that out there. That's those are words that were said. I'm just leaving I, it out there. Happens. <laughs> I, I stand by what <laughs> I say. But anyway, seven seven and a half points for Lipsky. Uh, unreal. Didn't see that coming. I thought for sure she was gonna be the one that was gonna be the advantage on the ground. Not at all what happened. But I do want to talk about a couple of the things real quick. I specifically said in the Saturday DraftKings rundown on Twitter that we talk about on the show that the reason that I got away from Koski is just a guy at $9,300 with at, at that level of pricing. You can't trust a guy who's never proven it to you that he can go that, that kind of distance. Always try to stay away from somebody like that. So that was actually a good stay away, even though he ended up div- – he did have a good floor of about 66 points. Um, the other one that I want to talk about was Buckley, a guy that – uh, the padded record theory, we're going to get to that real quick, is flawless. There were four guys that I talked about on this card that had padded records that you could not trust at all. Three of them won, and the fourth guy was the fourth one who had the padded record who lost to another padded record guy. So we're just throwing that out there. It's, it's flawless. Uh, and other than that, we already brought up the Ugly Dockling Award. That was my last thing. But our DraftKings, 3 of 6, 371 points. This actually wasn't terrible. We did make money with this in certain double-up tournaments and things like that. It wasn't a very high-scoring event. A lot of people uh, cashed on guys that missed. So, again, we're always striving to do better. If you would have just played Buckley instead of Danny Rodriguez on some of those cards, you for sure made a lot of money. Yeah, I'll take the blame for uh, Rodriguez. He was garbage. <laughs> Wait, the only thing- all I heard is we were in the money. That's all that matters, man. Yeah, yeah. So- it. I'm still, disgusted. I'm still disgusted by a friggin' Taco Boy. Yeah, no, I played a lot of double-up and triple-up tournaments this week, and I had Buckley switched out with Danny Rodriguez and a lot of them. They were similar price range. So on any of those Buckley cards, just because I was positive that Wright was going to lose this fight, he's a complete fraud, any of the Buckley cards ended up making a ton of money back. So For sure, yeah. I, we said the Beverly Hills Ninja was not no ninja, bro. I told you. Remember I said I was from Beverly? I'm, like, near Beverly Hills. Motherfucker yeah. ain't from here. We don't like that fool. He can't be claiming anywhere around here. <laughs> and he ain't even hard. Look what happened. He got fucked up real fast. I mean, maybe he more means that he's just living like Chris Farley and maybe taking too many substance sentences and just not ready for fighting. Chris Farley is another level that he should never, ever be talking about. Because, you know, black sheep, 
Tommy Boy. Beverly I mean, someone, okay, sorry. Yeah, that one weird is. movie he did with Matthew Perry before he died. It was like a Western. I can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah, where they are, <laughs> they are not Lewis and Clark. They're just like they wish they were Lewis and Clark, and they're going across the country to find the new world. I'm, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. <laughs> Some, almost, almost heroes. Almost yeah. heroes. Boom. That's a good. Boom. Point. Bob Lynn. Yeah. I'm impressed okay. right now. Sorry. <laughs> For those of you who needed that, there you go. <laughs> uh, we're gonna move on eventually or right now let's go with now ufc yeah. vegas 15 blades <laughs> versus lewis i finally got a system i think that i won't completely mix up the going alternating so we're testing something else if it works this time i'm gonna consider myself a genius even though it was something super simple that i should do it should have been doing all along but here we go we're gonna try it so nate get me with these crazy names sorry i'm trying not to say this in swear fashion Nate Maness. I'm gonna go somewhere completely different with that one. Plus one twenty. Is that some Dutch like insult or something? No, let's just like <laughs> switch out that E with an A and then just say it in your head. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, gotcha. There we go. Okay, so <laughs> Nate Maness plus one twenty versus Luke Sanders minus one forty. Mikey Gills, kick it off. Uh, let's start off with Nate Maness. Uh, Twelve and one, four knockouts, two subs, one for seven eight hundred dollars on DraftKings. Former TKO champ, uh, after suffering his first career loss, he won two in a row, including his UFC debut back in August. Uh, he's good all around, but does prefer to strike most of the time. He's got a big height and reach advantage going into this fight, which should help him out a lot. Going up against Luke Sanders, 13-3, seven knockouts, two subs, going for $8,400 on DraftKings. Two and three in his last five, most recently beating Hen and Burrell, but that was nearly two years ago. He's had a bunch of time off, uh, which for him is certainly a concern, particularly with his style. He's a pretty well-rounded guy, but he is a pressure-heavy fighter, uh, he throws with a lot of power, but against a big guy like Maness, uh, with the the concern is that with the time off, is his style, the time off, is how is his gas tank's going to hold up? Another one is that when you watch him fight, he does leave himself open in exchanges. And again, bigger guy like Maness, good striker, that could be an issue as well. Uh, with this card, right away, I'm going straight underdog. I'm picking Maness to win this fight. Um, I know people are high on Saunders because of his power, and it's a smaller cage and all. I get all that, but I just see more ways for Maness to win this fight. Uh, he was really highly touted coming into the UFC, like we said, former TKO champ, but his age, he's at the beginning of his prime, and stylistically, I do think this is his fight to lose. Real Mike. Sanders, Maness. Yeah, I was having a tough time with this one, uh, flipping back and forth, and and the only reason was because Luke Sanders has a little bit of experience in in the UFC, and which gives you know I always got to give someone something on their resume once they they have that. So um, Luke Sanders, super heavy handed, um, he, he comes hard and fast. Uh, he definitely isn't isn't the best three round fighter, so his gas tank is not something you you do want to trust. Uh, Nate Maness is definitely longer. Um, if he gets uh, Luke Sanders back and get someone on the ground, I, I, it, it can be a problem. Um, but Luke Sanders, he's pretty tricky, man. And and so I, I think he can somehow close the distance and and end up landing. But I wouldn't be putting money on him uh, specifically. But on, on this one, because Luke Sanders has some octagon experience, I would go with Luke. I would love to pick Luke Sanders. I would absolutely love to pick Luke Sanders. But that's been the story of his career for me. Um, he loves putting himself in precarious positions whether it be leaving his chin wide open while he's going crazy or just leaving his neck open while he's going crazy he is a wild man that doesn't understand the concept of sound defense and i can't back someone who doesn't understand sound defense at least like 
system to it. Whereas like if he gets remotely excited in there, the defense goes out the window and his chin is only so strong. His sub defense is only so good. So if you're willing to take a shot at a dog, I can see it here. Like in terms of like athletic ability and speed and a lot of factors that I normally really like, I want to go Luke Sanders, but he just leaves himself so open. And like real Mike said, I don't think he has three full rounds of gas. Um, so if you want to go underdog, Go Maness. Um, I guess I'll, I'll pick Maness. I was gonna I, going into the show. I was gonna pick uh, Saunders, but it's still just think about. Look time. what you did to my host, Mikey Gills. <laughs> There's no you money. Evil in swine. <laughs> Don't. Why are you guys asking me to go first? I'm the latest one to join the show. Uh, I try to, I try to <laughs> rotate to keep you guys guessing. And yeah, keep things interesting, and so it's not too formulaic. Bob does it on the totem pole wise, so he went you first, then me, and he's the highest on the totem pole, so he put himself up. That's what he does. Ah, uh, no, I get that. Yeah, you're right. No, I'm I'm sure the way okay, you describe that totem, though, I'm on the bottom. I'm not into that. <laughs> I, I, I had you on the top because he was the foundation. Mikey was the yeah. foundation. Oh, I'm the cream. Oh, I'm the cream, and you're the top. Either way, it sounded really, really homo, LBGTQ. You're all welcome here. We just let you know. We, I'm we are, glad we, we decided to have this conversation on the man ass fight. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, it just happened, bro. I don't know what to say, bro. I don't know. It just, just happened. That's what they said, too. And then the cops came. And this whole thing. Sorry. All of a sudden, I was gay. I don't know. All of a sudden, it's something there. It's something about Mary, and you're like in the woods. The light comes on. There's a bunch of dudes there. It's just. Hey, have a good time. Just what happens. Okay, have so Sue Madaraji. Madaraji. <laughs> Um, minus three twenty versus Malcolm Gordon plus two sixty. Real Mike Muderji. I could I could say Muderji easy, easy enough, but I can't pull off the name before this. Whatever Muderji versus Gordon. Uh, this this fight, I, I really I really don't I don't like Sue Majeri's number. The negative three twenty. It's just it's so steep. You know, I uh, I know we should win, and I know you know he probably will. But I just don't. It's just like Koski kind of last week. Like I, I just can't trust it fully. I trust him a little, maybe a little more than Koski in that sense. But uh, I'd go with Muda Jerry to win. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't parlay him, and I wouldn't. I just don't trust him. I, I specifically don't know enough about his heart to to, to throw it on him. Make uh, Yeah. No. Start off with uh, Muda Jerry. Twelve and four. Ten knockouts. One sub. Ninety one hundred on DraftKings. Uh, you know, coming into this fight, they're they're kind of mirror mirrors of each other, or you know, mirror opposites rather. Um, he's definitely Jerry is definitely more of a striker, solid on the feet, and then you know, considering his opponent, that's definitely going to be his best avenue for the win. Going up against Malcolm Gordon, twelve and four, four knockouts, six subs, going for seventy one hundred on DraftKings. He lost his UFC debut back in July, but he won four straight before that. And like we were saying, he's definitely more of a grappler. He's going to be looking to get this fight to the ground. It's it's really an interesting matchup. I mean, all four of Sue's career losses have been by submission, and three of Gordon's career losses have all been by knockout. So each guy's kind of proven vulnerable to their opponent's strength. So it's just about who can imp- implement it better. It, smaller cages, you know, I usually do tend to the uh, tend to favor the grappler, but Sue is just he's a, a higher level guy. You know, he's bigger, longer reach. I think he can stay busy and land, avoid the takedown. So for me, it's Sue's fight. Um, as far as like DraftKings goes. They're both big finishers. I do like Sue, but again, the the submission losses for Gordon. Uh, as if you're looking at a punt play, I think I said seventy yeah, one hundred dollars. A punt play on Gordon, and just maybe you can take advantage of that lack of submission defense. Could be a punt play, but it, the pick is definitely Sue. Kind of an 
echo right here. I'm with Sue, but uh, for plenty of the reasons that Real Mike said, that price is so steep, minus 320. And this guy's this early on in the UFC, I don't bet. So uh, I think Sue, I, but I do think it's going to be closer than the line says. I'm thinking, I, I do think it's going to go to decision here, but picks Sue. Don't got too much to add on there. Uh, next up, Kai Kamake the third. Funny that he's the third because he's also minus 310 versus Jonathan Pierce plus 255. Mikey Gills, Kamaki versus Pierce. All right, so so far we have Kamake, Kamaki, and I'm just going to say Kamaka. So we we just keep this going. I'm going to go KMAK later. It's all good. Anyway, eight and two, one sub, seven decisions, going for $9,200 on DraftKings. He's won his last six straight, including his UFC debut back in August. Uh, he's taken this fight on short notice. He's got seven subs in his career, but also has a really solid striking to go with it. We saw that in the Tony Kelly fight. Once you add in his resume on the ground, it's looking like he's going to be a really tough out, not just in this fight, but going forward for anybody. He's going to face off against Jonathan Pierce, nine and four, seven knockouts, one sub, going for $7,000 on DraftKings. He lost his UFC debut in October last year after being on Dana White's Contender Series, but he won his last five before that. Um, you know, he's better, better, than he, better on the ground than he is on the feet. I guess one way to put it is, if you're getting touched up by like the 2019 version of Joe Lozon, I'm going to have a couple of issues with you, depending on who you're facing after that. Um, th- this fight's an easier pick if, it, if you're not factoring in the short notice, but Kai Kamaka should definitely win this fight. He should touch him up and he should be a great play on DraftKings. $9,200. He's busy enough to score you a lot of points. Jonathan Pierce, 7,000. Complete stay away for me. Yeah, I'm going to echo pretty much the same thing. Uh, Kai Kamaki, the third, uh, I, I think that he's just a really, really good striker. I think that he can uh, end up uh, making Jonathan Pierce look kind of silly on the feet. I, I don't think that, uh, you know, Pierce Pierce is ready for this type of uh, matchup. And, I, I, you know, even though it's a it's short notice, I don't think he's going to need more than a round and a half. One thing I will say, even though it was 2019 Joe Lozon, it was up a weight class, so I'll, I'll give him a little bit. Although then he now hasn't fought for over a year. So that's also not helping his cause. Um, <laughs> honestly, I wanted to pick Pierce because I, I, I think these odds are a little bit out there. Minus 310 for someone debuting in the UFC. But again, I'm still trying. I'm doing my best, guys. I'm really trying to do my best to stick to my rules. Because if I stick to my rules, I typically do well. And one of my rules is I don't bet on a fight that involves someone with less than two UFC fights. And Kamaki, this is his first one. So no bet on this whatsoever. I'll pick Pierce just to be different. And Chaos. Not Chaos Williams. He's not fighting, but Pierce. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have someone who should not be in the UFC. Well, we really have two people that shouldn't be in the UFC. Sorry, yeah. that was very disparaging. I apologize <laughs> to if they're listening to the show. I apologize. I highly doubt that you are because if you are, you shouldn't be spending time on this. You should be working on your craft, and that's probably why you're where you're at. Um, <laughs> if, if one, if one of you's listening to it, call me. So. <laughs> but only specifically one. He likes dyed hair. It's a thing. So Rachel Ostovich plus one fifteen. That's stellar. Um, that's good. This is going by memory. Four and five record. It's awesome. Versus uh, Gina Mazzani, minus 135 at 125. So is Gina Mazzani actually going to go down and maybe be the bigger person for once, which might help her out? Uh, Real Mike, Rachel Ostovich versus Gina Mazzani. Dude, 
This is one of those fights, bro. I, I don't even know why we're really discussing this, but the the, the best thing about Rachel Ostevis, once again, like Lipsky, is her butt. That's the only thing that she's got going for her and some a, li- a little bit of jujitsu game. Gina Manzani is just is a a punt. She's just she's kind of she's just there, you know. Like I don't I mean she's supposed to be good at stand up, but she's really not. And she's not good at jitsu, so she's not good there either. So Rachel Ostovich, the, the I, I'm gonna go with Rachel on this one only because the fights are gonna end up on the ground usually. There's a there's a chance for it to happen. I think it's gonna happen. Uh, Rachel Ostovich is, is is pretty slick when she gets on the ground, a little bit slicker than people will give her credit for. And uh, I feel like if she can get Gina Manzani down and take her back, that that she could really give her some problems. So uh, I'm gonna, I w- I'm just not putting favored money on Gina Manzani ever in my life, especially after TKO loss, I believe in round one. So I, I don't, I, I just can't do it. Uh, Rachel Ostovich, I, I would, I I would put probably if anything her or her by sub if anything. All right, so uh, I've never covered a Paige Van Zant fight while on the show, so I'm this is a big moment. I get to change, I get to give this nickname to a different person. It's sort of like in Jason Goes to Hell when they pass the curse on to the next person. But um, Rachel Ostovich is officially going to inherit the name Instagram Page Only Van Zant. Um, that's what <laughs> I called Paige Van Zant forever. So Instagram Page Only Van Zant is now Rachel Ostovich, uh, four and five career record in the ufc that's fantastic uh one and two in the ufc she's been subbed in her last two fights by the page one herself um it it's kind of weird because if you lift if you listed her strengths i guess you'd have to say jujitsu but she's been subbed two times in a row don't really like that going up against gina mazani six and four three knockouts one sub eighty six hundred on DraftKings. uh lost her ufc debut to julia avila back in wait not her uf debut whatever you know what i mean um i guess you can't hold the avila loss to her but yeah, she, that's not too bad. The, the recurring problem that you see with Mazzani is that if you watch her fights, if you put any kind of pressure on her in the stand-up, man, she just folds. It's like it, it's a cowering type of fold too. So for me, it's kind of a tough fight to call. They both seem to cancel out each other's like strengths and their weaknesses. If I had to pick one for DraftKings, just for dog money and submission chances, Ostovich. But other than that, I mean, what are you gonna do? I will, I will agree that Ostevich has the grappling advantage and she has been subbed because you need to know the trick about Rachel Ostevich. She has the grappling and submission edge in the first round only. <laughs> it's like playing a very specific video game where someone has very specific attributes where you play certain things. In the first round, she's going to win by sub, not win by submission, but she's going to have the ground game on lock. Even against Paige Van Zandt, she had it on lock. She was a, she had a dominant first round against Paige Van Zandt, which I very much appreciate. Those that's what she should do. And then she doesn't get tired because she doesn't necessarily gas and slow down. I, either I don't I don't know if she like she thinks she does so good that in between rounds she has like a mental break of like oh no I have to keep this up right. that. Like if she gets a first round finish, she's golden. But when she gets to that second round, it's just nowhere near what it was. Um, obviously, I'm not worried about Gina Manzani subbing her. Um, if she does, that's just that's just bad. But um, yeah, that's rough. Um, uh, just, I don't want to pick either of these people. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's that how I felt. No, oh. it sounds it sounds it sounds so bad. I mean, I get, I will give credit to Gina Manzani because if this is down to 125, so if she could survive the first round, I could definitely see her not winning the grappling, but like 
just pushing Ostovich against the cage because she's so used to being the smaller person, Mazzani, that is. So when she's found the bigger person, I'm not even sure she'll know what she's supposed to do. But um, I guess, yeah, pick pick Rachel Ostovich. Just, just, just enjoy Rachel's butt cheeks, guys. Hey, man. I'm, I'm picking Ray Slasovich, and if I had to pick either of these people, I'm, I'm, I, I, hate, I hate myself. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> Martin Day, minus 55, versus Anderson Dos Santos, plus 135. Mikey Gills, give me your breakdown. Yeah, going from a fight that I don't care about at all to one I'm actually like super excited for. This is pretty cool. We're going to start off with Martin Day, 8-4, and four, two knockouts, three subs, going for $8,800 on DraftKings. He's 0-2 so far in the UFC, but I, I think things are going to get better tonight. Five-inch height advantage. I should have saved the pick for the end, my bad. Anyway, five-inch <laughs> height advantage, which is good for him because he's going to want to keep this fight standing. Uh, he, he does a pretty solid takedown defense when you watch him fight, but if he can keep this fight standing, I feel like it's his fight to lose. God, I gave it away twice in the opening part of it. That's not good. Anyway, going up against Anderson DeSantos. We'll, we'll practice after the show. It's okay. Yeah, no. Well, if we can get, like, we, we have an edit button, right? Anyway, Anderson DeSantos, 20-8, and eight, five knockouts, 11 subs. Going over seventy four hundred dollars on DraftKings. Also zero and two in the UFC, and he also hasn't fought since June of twenty nineteen, which I think is something to note because if you look throughout his career, he is a very busy fighter. Like he fights four or five times a year. This is his first extended layoff. Uh, stylistically, he's a black belt on the ground, but he definitely isn't afraid to throw down on the feet either. Uh, he can be an absolute wild man at times. This fight's going to be awesome, and like. Even though I think I think ADS has the bigger arsenal, like I think it's going to come down to just the striking game. And that's Martin Day. That's uh, Both of these fighters are going to be really busy. And if Martin Day wins, he's going to be a really high score on DK. I think he's got de- the definite advantage on the feet. So for me, 8,800 Martin Day. I love him as a play. Uh, if you're just looking to got, get a guy who might get a high floor, Anderson DeSantos, I think, I think he could be one of those guys at 7,400. Yeah, uh, th- this one is is going to be a fun fight to watch for sure. Uh, picking is a little bit tougher because uh, Martin Day... He should win to me. He's longer. He's bigger. He sh- he he's been there, and I I, but I believe he's gotten finished before, and I don't I don't like right. He's gotten finished before, Mike Reinke. I think he got finished uh, definitely in one of those. Yeah. Fights. I, I don't have it written down here. So either way, I believe he has gotten finished before, and and I and for someone like that versus someone with a little mighty a little might little Terminator five foot five little terror dude uh, like Dos Santos, I I don't. I don't really like it, man. So uh, on this one, I'm, I'm a complete stay away. And if, if anything, I, I'm going to go with Dos Santos as the underdog. As we all regret the loss in terms of not retirement, but no longer in the UFC, Anderson Silva, and no longer participating in that type of fight, somewhere someone knew this day would have come. So in a lab, they took... Junior Dos Santos and Anderson Silva, and they created Anderson Dos Santos. No, he's not that good to be that at all, and he's way too small to be that at all. <laughs> yeah, long-winded way of saying I don't have a huge uh, lean on this one. I thought that'd be funny either way. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do like. I do. I do like the, the, re, the one of the main reasons this this fight is uh, tricky for me is I, both of these guys are. They're basically whoever loses out of the UFC. That's just about a guarantee, unless they absolutely need people uh, fighting, <laughs> which I, mean, I suppose they do. The only reason I'm starting to lean towards um, Anderson Dos Santos is I know he has been training at Team Oyama, and I know that they do a very good job of fixing those little bit of holes uh, on people like Shido Vera, like going forward and. 
I just really think they'll be able to do that for him. Um, I know he's a big underdog. I have no, I have no bet on this one. Don't take me picking an underdog is going for the bet, but I'm going to pick Anderson Dos Santos. Just because you know what? Because I want to. <laughs> fine, that's fine. Uh, next up, <laughs> Ashley Evans Smith minus one thirty versus Norma Dumont plus one ten. Real Mike, how are you feeling in this fight? Picking or you probably want to skip it, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I just don't even know what we're doing right now. This is this is just insane. It's um, Ashley Evans Smith, dude, bulldog choke. Come on, everybody. I mean, is. she 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 wrestled. That's what they say. She was a she high did. school wrestler, dude. You know, she did stuff. She she sucks at wrestling. Okay, I don't I don't know when last time she's taken someone down or actually implemented a wrestling uh, imp, uh, game plan. So I don't know, bro. I, I just don't, I don't like uh, ever betting on Ashley Evans-Smith because her striking is, is literally blah. Uh, her combos, she, does ne- she never lays off enough combos for volume. And so, I mean, like, so why, why, would, I be- I mean, why, would, could I, why would I bet on her? So uh, there's no way on this one I'm, I'm going to fade uh, uh, Ashley Evans-Smith. I think that uh, Norma Dumont is, is – is better at dog money. I think she's better at jujitsu. Um, I think that Ashley Evan Smith has given us her best and it wasn't very good. Yeah. Starting off on uh, Dumont real quick. Uh, we couldn't really learn anything about her in her last fight just because it was up against, it was up a weight class against Megan Anderson. And when you only have four fights and you're making your UFC debut, there's nothing closer to an execution than that. So couldn't really tell anything about her from that. I couldn't really find anything else on her when I was looking, to be honest. And on the other side, there's Ashley Evans-Smith. Definitely more UFC experience, but she hasn't fought since February of 2019. So I'm just – I try to make this quick. I'm staying away from this fight on DraftKings. I mean, I'm, I can't trust the person who hasn't fought in two years. I can't trust the person that I don't know anything about. The chances of this being a low-scoring affair are very high, and I just – yeah. Next. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in terms of a pick, Ashley Evan Smith, just making it simple, has more experience, have fought more upper level people, and has beat certain up, like I said, upper level people, but higher than Norma Dumont. Norma Dumont, with as little fights as she has, with as much time as she had off before jumping into the Megan Anderson fight, with already being 30. I couldn't even tell you where her ceiling is because she's still in the basement, and I don't think she has enough time to. <laughs> the first floor so there's no way she's finding the ceiling like it's too far away um whereas ashley evan smith you know what you're getting with her obviously she has flaws but i mean if she can't beat someone like norma dormont she absolutely does not belong in the ufc and i think she could pull it off it might be a kind of a closer decision but 29 28 yeah ashley evan smith go team but you know what it's time to get excited you guys it's time to get excited there's some excitement happening in the next fight. So Bill Algio plus 150. That's not where we're excited. It is the return of the Alpha Ginger himself, Spike Carlisle, who sounds just like a New Orleans gentleman in a nice press suit, <laughs> just ready to go about town at the minus 170. Mikey Gills, how are you feeling about Algio versus the Alpha Ginger? Well, before we get to that, I mean, I just want to tell you how I'm feeling about the order that we have tonight, where it's every time there's a blah fight that no one cares about, Mike has to go first, and I get to tell. <laughs> but every time there's like an awesome fight, I get to go first. This is Dude, fantastic. I was I was wondering if that was on purpose. I was just like, man, I, I mean, I felt like I was I felt like I was super underprepared. I'm just like, I 
did I even study these? I was like, did I study these two? Because to be God honest, I'm super transparent. I don't fucking care. I don't care about neither. So, so like, when I care, you'll know. A couple of those fights back there, I didn't fucking care. And I don't mean to be, like, rude or I, I, I love doing this. Some of these fucking suck. So yeah. my beat right here is better than most of these fights. All right. Going right off that. Let's start off with Bill Algio. 13-5, three knockouts, six subs, going for $7,300 on DraftKings. He's lost two of, his, two of his last three, most recently helping me out personally on DraftKings by losing to Ricardo Lamos back in August. Um, his path to victory is basically to wait out the storm and then try to catch a tired Spike Carlisle in a scramble and gain position. Uh, I don't think he's going to want to hang out on the feet on this fight considering how aggressive Carlisle is. And that's what we're going to talk about next. The Alpha Ginger himself, nine and two, five knockouts, three subs, going on for 8,900 on DraftKings. One and one since entering the UFC, most recently dropping an awesome decision to Billy Quarantillo back in May. This guy's all action all the time. He's basically like the Usain Bolt of, of fighters. He just sprints as soon as they start the fight. Uh, he's just the epitome of a kill-or-be-killed fighter. So take my pick with a little bit of grain of salt because I love Spike Carlisle. He's like one of the most fun fighters you can watch. And I think in this fight in particular, even if he doesn't get the finish early, I still think he's going to do enough to win the decision. They're both going to be exhausted by the third round. So for Algeo, I don't think his scrambling ability is going to be there for him to take advantage like he usually might. Um, I just see Carlisle kind of bullying him for two, at least two of the three rounds if not getting the finish. Uh, I really expect Carlisle to be a good DraftKings play, uh, regardless of the finish or not. Uh, I, I am going to leave Carlisle out of our lineup, though, just at his price range. I see some other stuff that I like a little bit better, but I love, I love Carlisle. 8,900, uh, just hope his, car- hope his cardio checks out just slightly better than it did against Billy Q. Yeah, in this fight, uh, I'm all alpha ginger. I, I'm, I love the kid. I, I love when someone comes forward like a complete savage and reckless abandonment. I mean, it might not be smart, but it sure is good entertainment, and I'm all about that stuff. So uh, the alpha ginger, I think that he – I don't even think he's going to need his gas tank. I think that he could fill the shit up quarter of the way full and come through and just whoop this guy's ass. Bill Algeo's best what chance of winning this fight is, is in the long run. And I, I don't even think – I don't think he has enough long run. Uh, like, I don't think that he will have enough rounds in the long run to beat Spike. I think Spike has two rounds. I'm pretty positive. I think that he can manage himself and win that quite easily, but I think he's going to finish him. I really believe that Spike Carlisle is, is super aggressive, and, and I think the UFC kind of sees uh, something fun in him. And I think that it'd be stupid not to promote the Alpha Ginger and, and get things going because everyone loves these these weird little names. Uh, even Sugar Sean O'Malley, you know, made a name for himself. It, you know, it's it's Alpha Ginger could do that same thing and and just jump people fast. But I think uh, the Alpha Ginger will be a little too much for Bill Bill Algeo and he'll finish him. But I really think the best bet for Spike would be this weekend would be inside distance uh, at some plus money. The hard thing is, even I just checked that out because I was starting to lean that way as well. Uh, it's only plus one twenty-five, so not like mm, that's obviously Kaka. the most. That's the most likely outcome they have for him. What's TKO? Say that after I make it go away. <laughs> Can't take Sorry. it. Sorry, oh, I'm such a I terrible person. Should minimize it, get it out of the way, so we could see each other and like converse and just be all together. And then absolutely, I'm killing for time. <laughs> but it's plus one twenty five for inside the distance, but only plus one thirty five for by TK. Oh, gross, so gross. You're basically gross. getting money line. extra. Anyway, money line is the better value. 
Yeah, if it was plus 200 or something like that, by all means, go for it. Um, In terms of the alpha ginger, if you can't tell, I'm all in on the alpha ginger. I don't care if he is a 500 fighter five years from now. I'm all about this, dude. You can already... He's the kind of guy I like because you know exactly what's going to happen in his fights. And after a couple fights, you know exactly about where his barometer is. So his fights are fairly easy to call, but they're all super fun. And that's... To me, my favorite kind of fighter. Um, I absolutely know he has a solid round and three quarters in him, like at bare minimum. So he will win at least that. <laughs> um, and I do think he can get the finish, but like, yeah, not getting much better odds on him. And the minus 170 is a bit steep for someone that you have to worry about gassing and then surviving for an entire round. Five minutes can be an eternity if you're trying to avoid getting finished if you're exhausted. But uh, pick is Spike Carlisle. I actually thought I was going to find some props I liked better in this. Um, if you're not a big parlay person, obviously stay away from him. But I could see him being like a leg in there. Just, I don't know. I'm all for the alpha ginger here. But he just, the hardest part is like he just needs like a fraction more power in his hands to me be going all in him, even at the minus 170. Like I, I would feel much more comfortable is he, if he was much more dominant finisher than having to worry about a final round. But either way, we'll deal with it. Um, next up, now it all makes sense why Bob has been going every other and why Real Mike thinks he's getting fights he doesn't want. <laughs> Mikey Gills, because we're going into Miguel... Isa minus 150 versus Takashi Sato plus 130 and real Mike this is the fight you're breaking down first wonder why <laughs> well uh, Miguel Baza Brazilian <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu black belt uh 6-2 super tall super good body I mean like we're gonna I mean this is just gonna be one of those shows super good body on this guy I mean when you look at him he's a spec he's a specimen and uh Sato I mean yeah I mean Sato's been around the block but he's he's 510 He's going to be super, super, and greatly outsized by Baza. Baza's BJJ game is far superior than Sato's, in my opinion. I feel like that if uh, Baza gets him down the ground, he's fucked. I feel like if he's standing, he's fucked. So I'm going to be putting down the 1.5 units on Miguel Baza to absolutely whoop Sato's ass. All right, Bob. I'll keep it going. Stay on Sato real quick. 16-3, and 3, 11 knockouts, 2 subs, 7,500 on DraftKings. Two and one since entering the UFC, went in his last fight against Jason Witt in 40 seconds with a straight left foul by some ground and pound. Uh, stylistically, primarily a boxer. Like I said, Southpaw likes to fight from range, lands with power, really good timing, darts in and out, a lot of power when he lands. Going up against your boy, Miguel Baiza. Nine and no, seven knockouts, going up for $8,700 on DraftKings. Undefeated, two and oh in the UFC, beat Matt, uh, Matt Brown back in May. Um, like you were saying, just really good stand-up, really good leg kicks. Also, black belt on the ground. We have to cover all that again. Uh, this fight, I agree. It sets up really good for Beza. Just uh, when you look at Sato's style, it's pretty easy for Beto to exploit him, especially standing up with the kicks. Like you're talking about the ground. It's some of the nastiest legs, leg kicks too when they're standing up. And with Sato's style, particularly, if you take away his movement, his power is gone. And when his power is gone, more importantly, the threat of his power is gone. And that's when I think Beza is really going to be able to start to land and really start to bully Soto around. So for $8,700, I do like Beza uh, as a play. Um, talking about the, the for DraftKings, just the underdog part of it, I do have, I have to be fair to Soto, though. This is a guy with a lot of power, a guy who has proven that he can land on anybody. 
So if you don't end up playing Baeza, uh, we're going to end up playing Baeza. But if you don't, Soto is a dog with a style that could pay off if he lands. Uh, you know, he's still kind of Baeza is still kind of young in his career. And like, if Matt Brown can give you a little bit of trouble, like we were just talking about, um, I forget who earlier, like the, the tail end of their career, Lozon. If these aging veterans can give you even a little bit of fit, of fit, then somebody with some legit striking still in their prime, they could probably do it a little bit too. So for uh, how much is he going for? 7,500. If you absolutely need a dog in that range, Soto is not the worst play just on the off chance that he could clip him. But again, uh, Baiza is absolutely the pick. Uh, sorry. I was just going to try to get some prop odds for you guys on that because I do, I'm 100% in on uh, Baiza here. And I do think he has a solid chance of getting the finish. I just want to give you guys yeah. extra possibilities for well, odds. Good, good, good point on 20, that. Those... So, so not great, but better if you kind of want dogs on dog odds on him. More than likely, that's how he's going to have it as be a finish. For any of you listening wondering why, hey, it's plus money. Why don't you want to go for that? Well, when you want to go with props in a fight, you really want – much better odds like significantly better odds if you have an angle on it because you're going to be very upset if you wanted to like pay up for only getting a little bit more money back for putting money down and then he wins by decision you'll be real pissed whereas if it was like a plus 300 and you only put half a unit on it for a decision and he gets a finish in the last minute of the fight you won't feel as bad and it's just all around a smarter play, but I, I agree. I think Baez is going to get a finish. I, I do worry about Sato's power uh, in general. That's why this is not like a gigantic play. Like this isn't like to win two units, to win three units. Like this is just a straight one of our straight to win one unit plays on the uh, the favorite here. Well, slight favorite minus one fifty really isn't that big, but now nah, I, I love Baez here, and I think he gets it done. Next up on UFC Vegas 15 is Amir Albazi Zelgis Zumagalov. No, I'm not messing with you guys. No, we're not covering that one. I just already have it listed. I said I would mention it. If you guys don't know already, anyone listening to this show, that fight has been pulled. Uh, we don't know if there's going to be any replacements in there, whatever. And yes, this may or may not mess up my order, but I'm going to do it because now because <laughs> I forgot to edit that part of it. But we're moving on. Josh Parisian minus two thirty versus Parker Porter plus one ninety. Mikey Gills, how are you feeling about? Sorry, I almost may I almost fat shamed Parker Porter because of his name. So I'm, I'm not going to go there. So. I was about to, but I'm not going to go there. So break down the fight before I get canceled. Yeah, I'll, I'll go there. But um, no, we were talking about how bad this card was earlier. Like the second half of this card is actually really fun. <laughs> True. You look at all these matchups. The second half is great. Uh, we're going to start off with Parker Porter. Uh, 10 and 6, four knockouts, four subs, going for $7,200 on DraftKings. And for anybody that might be watching or listening and, and doesn't know, I joined the show recently a few months back. Um. And Parker Porter is special to me. He was involved in the first fight that I ever broke down with Real Mike on an episode that Bob wasn't on. Um, and not only is he the first fight that I broke down, he's the first guy that I ever picked against, and he was a favorite in that fight against the money train Chris Dawkins, who ended up winning. So anyway, just throwing Dynasty. that out there. Yeah, so Par- Parker Porter, is he's a little bit special to me. But anyway, get, getting, uh, getting to him, he's, he's primarily a striker. He's going to be giving up a lot of height and reach in this fight. Uh, which kind of limits what he can do if like 
I'm trying to think of the best way to, to set this up. Like he, he certainly faced like a higher level of competition. You go through his, his career, you know, he's, he's fought guys like John Jones. He's fought Gabriel Gonzaga in a couple of years. We might say that he's fought Chris Dawkins, who knows, but he's losing to all these guys badly. So like, I don't know what you can actually glean from that. Um, you know, like I said, primarily a striker and that's really all he's got. He's got some solid boxing. I'll give him that. But going up against Josh Parisian, t- uh, 13 and three, 10 knockouts, two subs, going for $9,000 on DraftKings. He's making his UFC debut after winning on Dana White's Contender Series back in August. That was actually his second win on Dana White's Contender Series. It was actually a really fun fight if you want to check it out. He was just styling on this guy, throwing like endless spinning crap. It was hilarious. Um, yeah, his style, primarily a striker, not the fastest guy that you're ever going to see. He does throw a lot of diverse stuff, though. He really just tries to go in there and have a lot of fun and hit you from any angle, punches, kicks, and whatever. Um, going back to uh, Parker Porter real quick, like earlier in his career, you can see like a slimmer, faster version of this guy. And that version of Porter, I think he would fare better against somebody with like, you know, Parisian's physical advantages, but not this older, slower, fatter version of him. It's just, he's very limited in what he can do. He's undersized, but Parisian's 31. He's getting better. The reports on this guy is that he's a gym rat. He's super dedicated to his career, taking it really seriously. And he's on the way up. So for me, Parisian, uh, all day long. I love him on DraftKings, $9,000. And if I can just make it a habit of betting against Parker Porter with success, we can make T-shirts off of that. We'll figure it out, you know. But Mike, we got. Yeah, on this one, I'm going to echo. Josh Parisian, I think he's got a way higher ceiling than Parker Porter. Parker Porter's been punched unconscious more times than he's probably won fights in the last 10 fights. So I, I really can't trust him at all. I think Josh Parisian is actually the real deal in the sense of a uh, professional. He takes his job serious. He's in the gym all the time. Like you said, he's a gym rat. Um, he's super coachable. He's not a cocky shithead, similar to my brother could be. Uh, so, you know, that all helps while you're being coached. So I think that uh, Josh Parisian has all the ceiling here. I think he absolutely devastates the other guy, uh, Parker Porter. I don't think Parker Porter even deserves to be here. I'm sorry. It's got to be rough, like looking back on your career. I mean, at the time, you don't know. But in your third fight ever, you're fighting <laughs> John Jones. I mean, granted, John right? Jones was like 4-0 at the time. But... And then you, seriously, looking back, you're probably like, man, I thought this guy kicked my butt. I just thought I wasn't good enough. Like, imagine if he <laughs> retired right then. And then later on, he looked at it. He's like, okay, it, it, it all makes sense now. I, I was wondering why all of a sudden, like, nobody thought I was good. And why it's because you faced John Jones in your third ever fight. Sorry, I just, when I was doing research on uh, Parker Porter, because I, obviously I wasn't on the show that week. So I didn't delve deep into the Porky one. But, <laughs> <laughs> man, that's a rough go. Man. Um. I agree. I think Josh Parisian looks like the real deal. Just, I gotta, I have to say this. And obviously it's disparaging to my region, but he is a Midwest fighter with a Midwest record fighting out of Michigan. Again, I'm sorry to just ruin all of this, but like, he, (laughs) Midwest MMA is terrible. It's just in general, Midwest MMA is just, it's always been terrible. Um, there's been there's like one shining moment with like uh, Matt Hughes and all those guys like for like just that one single moment in time and that was back when everyone else was terrible. So <laughs> it's like if he's like right now like I think I think he's like number he's like number one in Michigan, number one in the U.S. Midwest for no yeah we're in Michigan for heavyweights, but it's the Midwest. I don't know. 
he looks great, but it, it, it's a dumb little thing. But I've been burned enough times going for that guy from the Midwest, thinking, "Oh, he looks he looks so great. He he has a great record. This is awesome." And then you start looking back at the fighters and realizing none of those guys ever became anything. And then he gets utterly destroyed the first time he takes a step up. So basically, what I'm saying is just don't be that guy that like parlays Parisian with everything. Just, just don't do it. It's just don't. But I guess Pick will be Parisian because he looks the part. I'm, I'm really hoping that he is the part, but he's playing the part. If I can offer one little thing on that, is the Midwest is known for one thing, especially with college football. It's big hosses, and that is exactly what Parisian is. So well, if we can, we'll talk get about into mid- that in the main event. I promise. Okay, all right. Never mind. I didn't want to, didn't want to step on that. <laughs> <laughs> to, to a degree, but um, actually, what we're going to go to is the co-main event, which is Anthony Lionheart Smith, the one-time journeyman middleweight turned light heavyweight title contender turned, I lost my teeth in the cage, fighter at minus 140 versus Devin Clark plus 120. Real Mike, how you feeling about Lionheart versus the Stasiak killer, Stasiak killer? Well, Anthony the Molar Smith, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, he's He's been beat up and brutally battered so badly that there's just no fucking way that I could just put money down on someone who, who's just taken that much damage. I mean, literally, Glover was handing him his teeth and telling him he's sorry that it was just his job. I mean... I, I don't know what else to say. It's not very it's not very sorry. good. That's gotta be so demoralizing. Because you I'm know? just getting utterly beat up. I'm like, sorry, it's my job. I just Yeah. yeah. And 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 the other guy's like, hey, I think it was my job too. And I'm getting fucked up quite bad. So um yeah. So either way, I I, I think that De, uh Devin Clark uh on the for the dog money is the better pick. I'm I'm not saying that he's gonna win for sure. I'm just saying that uh, Devin Clark's wrestling is a little bit sharper and that it will be uh, – he could possibly just do a hug fest and win this thing, put him on the ground. I, I, I don't know. I just can't trust Anthony Leinhardt Smith's face and his teeth and all the stuff that's gone wrong, you know? Questionable tattoos. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. That's mostly you, me, guys. So I got what do you think, Mikey? Uh, no, start off with uh, Devin Clark, 12-4, and four, three knockouts, one sub, going off for 7,700 on DraftKings. Uh, you know – this is my first chance to really break down Devin Clark, but if you listen to the show, he's the guy that I'm pretty high on. I've mentioned him against past opponents in his career. Uh, a guy like Devin Clark, he came to the UFC really early in his career. Like he really has grown up in the cage, and as a result, he's never really had a chance to establish himself because he had those kind of ups and downs that you would expect as you're going throughout his career. But I think against a guy like Anthony Smith, this could be kind of one of those fights that makes people go, like, oh, okay, all right, De- Devin Clark, let's go. Uh, he's good. So, like, just stylistically, though, you know, on the feet, athletic guy, not the most technical, but he does throw with a lot of power. Certainly more of a grappler. He's a two-time JUCO All-American, and he's definitely going to want to get this fight to the ground. I believe he's also a uh, high school state champion as well. Um, he's definitely going to want to get this fight to the ground. And once on top, yeah, maybe not the most aggressive guy that you'll ever see, but he is very good at controlling. Um, that does bother me a little bit on DK, but go, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Going up against Anthony Smith, he's – 33 and 13, 17 knockouts, 13 subs, going for 8,500 on DraftKings. And for me with Anthony Smith, this fight comes down really to what I've seen from Anthony Smith when it comes to him fighting on the ground recently. Like, I'm aware of his black belt. Uh, 
it just doesn't seem to be helping him lately. Like guys like, you know, on the ground against Glover, Rakic, like he just doesn't seem to have it anymore. Like it's an interesting fight. I've just seen, I've seen Smith get beaten up on the ground so much lately that I can't confidently say he's going to be able to stop a guy who's just going to go out there to, to hold him against the fence and rip him down to the ground. So I'm definitely, I'm going to side with Clark on this one. He's another underdog that I like. It's $7,700. I'm pretty confident in him getting the win. Maybe not the finish, but for sure the win. So $7,700. Let's put Devin Clark in our lineup. Let's go. Well, I'm also going to be there on the dog there. This is actually my bet for this fight card. It's Devin Clark at the plus 120. I agree. I don't think he's going to get the finish. I do think he's going to get Anthony Smith against the cage and on the ground. I don't, at this point with Devin Clark, I don't care if he's boring. I don't care if he takes him down or holds him against the fence and it is a lackluster fight because that's how he's going to win. Him standing in open space is what's going to get him clipped and possibly finished. So getting there against Anthony Smith and getting his body to the ground is what he's going to do. I think some of the issue with Anthony Smith is Anthony Smith is great at jiu-jitsu. He's great on top. And he's great defending on bottom. He's not good fighting off his back and trying to transition into a dominant position. He just knows how to defend. Okay, and Glover is a far bigger pedigree when it comes to his black belt than him. So that's why stuff like that happens. But I could definitely see Devin Clark just controlling him on top. Just little pitter-patter shots every once in a while so they don't get st- stood up. And if they do, just dump them right back down to the ground. I love the fact that this is only three rounds. That's another reason that I love this dog price here on Devin Clark. If this is a five-round fight, I'd stay away from it, or I might even go uh, Anthony Smith. The fact this is three rounds, I'm sorry. For at least two of these rounds, Anthony Smith is going to be on his back, and dude is not getting up. So my bet for this fight card is Devin Clark at the plus 121 unit down there to win 1.2 units there. So we're going to jump to the main event, which we talked about. Big Midwest hosses <laughs> and my big man, Curtis Blades. Sorry, like, I'm like, this, this, if you haven't listened to the show for a Curtis Blades fight, I apologize. This is what I do. I love this man like a lot. He is from my area. We went to the same college. He is utterly dominant. Heck, he first trained at a UFC gym right next to where I grew up. So it's like there's like this, there's this weird admiration that I have for him. I call him the Windy City champ. I got to give him that title since apparently he doesn't have a current title yet. He'll get one one day. It's okay. We'll get one one day. And this is another reason why my bet on this fight card isn't for Curtis Blades. Because, one, it's a main event, and we all know how that goes. I can only bet on main events if it's not official for the show. So I guess watch my Twitter. But also I'm very obsessed with him. So there's also this secondary thing where you might not want to tail me if you think i'm being too crazy which i might just be on the social media platforms in another like 24 to 48 hours that might be an actual thing that happens but mikey gills how are you feeling about razor blades versus my balls is hot okay when phil baroni returned to the ufc at the end of his career for his last run he was in an interview i believe it was with Ariel hawani and he was asked how his ground game was. And his response was, I quote, my ground game sucks. It's always going to suck. End quote. Enter Derek Lewis. That, <laughs> hey, that, hey, shout out, shout out to the New York badass Phil Baroni, uh, my big brother. I love him. You know, War Machine uh, owes a lot of his career to him. 
Yeah, I think honestly, I'm just I I might just stop there with Derek Lewis. We know exactly what he is. Uh, he's very easy to take down. He's has an uncanny ability to get back up against the, the right kind of fighter. Uh, but I don't think Curtis Blades is that kind of fighter. Curtis Blades going for ninety three hundred dollars on DraftKings, and you know what? There's a lot. There's some criticism of him. Dana White doesn't like him apparently. Uh, thinks he's boring. His last fight against Volkov, but you know what isn't boring, guys? Do you guys want to know what isn't boring? 143 and a half points on DraftKings. That's what's not boring. All right. And that's what that's where I live. That's my arena. In his last 10 fights, nine of them are wins. He broke the hundred point mark in six different fights. And Derek Lewis is tailor made for Curtis Blades. I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. I used to be a rapper and it just happens naturally. Anyway, ninety-three hundred dollars. I love Curtis Blades in this fight. Um I just think he's going to be aggressive from the top. Even if he doesn't get the finish, we're talking about five rounds of taking, taking Derek Lewis down, Derek, Derek Lewis getting up, getting taken down again, getting punched in the face repeatedly over and over and over again. And then he gets up on the feet and he's not like other guys that Derek Lewis has faced where they can't hold their own on the feet. Curtis blades is athletic. He's long, he's strong and he's quick. I just don't see a way for Derek Lewis to win this fight. I'm all in on Curtis blades. I normally don't like to put Derek Lewis opponents in my DraftKings lineup. 100% of throwing Curtis blades in there. Yeah, uh, this uh, this one. I mean, I have I Derek Lewis, Black Beast. I I can't I I can't even bet against him or bet with him or anything because he fucked me up so bad when Volkov fought him. <laughs> so I'm still pissed off about all that, and I I can never stop doubting him. Um, I, I think that this fight is tailor made for Blades if Blades gets it to the ground. If Blades gets it to the ground, absolutely. Derek Lewis is absolutely fucked. I've said it for a long time that his his wrestling game is absolutely shit. It isn't there. It, it, there isn't much to it. I believe he should. Uh, Blade should be able to get him down and be able to elbow Derek Lewis to hell. Uh, I don't see. I don't see Derek Lewis having the takedown uh, defense game to withstand Curtis Blade's multiple and multiple and constant repeated attempts after five rounds. Um, even if he gets him down in round three or four after Derek's tired, then the elbows are coming. Round five elbows are coming. Either way, I think that uh, Blades has the better wrestling. I love uh, wrestling, especially American wrestling. So I think that the wrestling is going to come key here. I believe elbows come down. Curtis Blades wins inside distance. Yeah, that's the big thing. And obviously, we're saying all of this stuff. And all of this stuff is very, very true. It's not 100% biased on my part. These are all just straight facts. But you do have Derek Lewis, who has, we have to acknowledge he has like the touch of death. I, I don't understand it. I mean, Blades has been put out before. I mean, only one time by Ninganu. That first one doesn't count. That was a doctor stoppage. Chill your horses. It was just. Yeah. But Derek Lewis has that possibility to put that touch on. But oh what's, yeah, what's going to happen? That Mike Gill's brought up is the takedown, but not just the takedown of the possibility of Lewis getting back up because Lewis can't just seem to get back up. He just he just can't. But one thing that I know for a fact Curtis Blades will do that the other guys won't do is. As Lewis is getting up, because Lewis doesn't protect his face while he gets up. As he gets up, you're just going to have Curtis Blades just like, just lot, just nailing him in the jaw over and over and over again, whether it be up against the fence or whatever. And he's going to push him up against the fence. He's going to reach down. He's going to grab those legs. He's going to dump him just over and over and over again. And I mean, I mean, unless Der- I mean, I know Derek Lewis has been like slimming down a little bit. His cardio's gotten a little bit better. But even though his cardio's gotten better, his output has still just been atrocious. So just strictly on output. Blades is just going to pour it, absolutely pour it on him. And it is taking a lot of me not to just completely unload 
all of my money on Curtis Blades inside the distance because I just cannot see Der- uh, Derek Lewis not just completely gassing out and in the third, fourth, heck, even fifth round, just battering him so badly that he just go- either goes out or I wouldn't be surprised if Blades like puts a stamp on him and gets like some type of weird submission. Like, just, just something odd like that. I don't know. Like, but- or maybe the Dada 5000 TKO. Exactly. Like the heart palpitation <laughs> to pass out. I mean, it's a, it's a very real possibility for Derek Lewis here. And honestly, the fact that it's in the smaller cage, I actually like it even more because just on the off chance, Curtis Blades having trouble getting him down with his double leg. He won't have trouble going down on his double leg. He has the backup plan of being able to shove him against the cage and get him down from there and just like just straight grabbing his legs and pulling him out from under him. So you can't tell I'm high on Curtis Blades, but so the pick for this is Curtis Blades. I want to bet it, and I probably will independently on Twitter. So if you're curious to see what that actually is, keep an eye out on my Twitter or um, uh, Real Mike's if he does anything for anything else on this card. And obviously keep an eye on McGill's Twitter for when he gives this full DraftKings breakdown and why he's picking each thing. But before we get to that point, we need to know what the DraftKings lineup is for this fight card. Mikey Gills, have it. All right, so um, just based on what you are talking about, a fight cancellation earlier, uh, Zuma Gulov was in our lineup, but now we have an incomplete lineup, so we're obviously going to have to update this on Saturday. But I will give you the other five, starting off with Curtis Blades, like we just said, $9,300. Winning money is exciting, and I like it, so that's why he's in the lineup. We don't have to go over it again. Next up, Josh Parisa, $9,000. You know, I, I like what I saw from Parisian in his contender series fights. He's creative. He comes at you from a bunch of different angles, and he keeps you guessing. He's also a much larger man who can beat up Porter from a distance, and I just don't see Porter being able to deal with it. It's hem- it's heavyweight MMA, and I love knockouts. Let's go. Uh, next up, Miguel Baeza. Eight- Why did I add that weird accent on it? I'm sorry. Um, I like that. Uh, a little yes. spice. Uh, anyway, $8,700. Uh, I just really like the way he strikes. I like I like his kicking game and it, it, to keep a standard boxer like Soto away and he can get Soto out, out of his element, you know, Bayes is a finisher too. And $8,700, it feels like a bargain price if I'm being honest. So I'm going to lock him in there. I love, I love him in this play. Um, next up $7,700. We just talked about it again. Devin Clark. I, I think really highly of Devin Clark. And in this matchup, I think even higher of him. Anthony Smith seems to be at that point in his career where, Giving up against strong grapplers is almost like a Pavlonian response. Like as soon as he gets taken down, his body just shuts down. And uh, so I saw you laughing because I made that joke earlier, and I'm now repeating myself. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, I'm so unoriginal. Next up, Malcolm Gordon, seventy-one hundred dollars. Yeah, look, I get it. This is a bit of a punt play. In fact, it's a lot of a punt play. Uh, it's it's not without merit either. Like we said, all four of uh, Mude Jerry's losses were by submission. So I'm just dropping this pick with a little. Doc Holiday and Tombstone, like that's just my game. Like he he can pull off that submission. He can make it number five. So again, so right now we have five people in our DraftKings lineup: Curtis Played, Josh Parisen, Miguel Barreza, uh, Devin Clark, and Malcolm Gordon. And we're gonna update with the last one. Right now, just off the top of my head, I'm leaning Derek Lewis just because it could go all five rounds, and there's the chance that Blades could score big for four and a half and then get knocked out and everybody wins, but I don't know. We'll update you guys on Saturday. I always do a huge rundown of every single fight. So right now those are our five. Sorry. I'm, I'm just, just basking in the spice you're throwing on the name. Just yes. <laughs> like it. And if, if you can't see, I'm not, it's not quite salt bait. It's more like um, just the bam, just throw the spice on there. If you can't see well, the hand, throwing the spice down. Emerald Lagasse. 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. Perfect. I was, I was gonna say his name, but if the first name I was, I was gonna, I was gonna pronounce the first name wrong. So yeah, exactly. Well, just, instead just of Salt Bay, like if it, since it was my DraftKings picks, I'm from Maryland, as you can see from the hoodie. Uh, we can call it Old Bay, just because that's our thing. <laughs> I use Old Bay. I use Old Bay Creole seasoning. Oh, I fucking love it. It's so good. <laughs> we will be launching the MMA for Money show cooking segment on YouTube in the coming months. So just, we could, we really could. Dude, Mike, how's your? Uh, you got something in the oven right now? How's it going? Yeah, I got chicken enchiladas, homemade chicken enchiladas in the oven. So <laughs> when, I, when I get off of here, I'm be destroying them. Yeah, dude, you gotta watch some of his awesome barbecue pit work. It's just, it's nice. Sorry, that's for the other show. I mean, that's not for the show. That's for the other show. So quickly going into reviewing our bets, we have to just review the DraftKings. Let's review the bets. So you could fast forward to this point. I. Don't know if that's a thing, but we'll figure it out. So we have our first bet is to win one unit on Baeza at the 1.5, to win one unit at the minus 150. For him, that's at the money line. And then for me, it's the one unit at on Devin Clark at the plus 122 free bets for you there. Keep his eye, keep an eye on the Twitter accounts if there are other ones that get posted. Obviously, the full breakdown of DraftKings. If you're lockstep in line with Mikey Gills or just, just plenty of great info. Real Mike, anything else you want to say to the people other than enjoying your chicken enchiladas, which now I'm just... <laughs> uh, just I hope all you guys enjoy your guys' Thanksgiving with your family. I think it's super important still to embrace your family and enjoy your time with each other because uh, human touch is most important. So make sure you enjoy your guys' loved ones. Mike Gills. Nothing nearly as sweet. We were just talking about Maryland food. I need to get both of your addresses. I'm going to send you what, what we have called burgers, cookies. The most delicious cookies you'll ever eat in your entire lives. You guys are going to love them. But do they taste like burgers? No, nothing at all like burgers. They look <laughs> them up. They're, they're basically fudge on cookie. It's literally oh, the best. Sounds, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm all for it. I, I got no issue with that. It's Thanksgiving time. It's time to like let loose. Yeah, I have family in Atlanta. And they asked me to send it to them. So they're very wanted. Hey, it's about to be the time of year where it gets cold. <laughs> I mean, not for for real Mike, but for Mikey Gills and me, it starts to get cold and you got to stay. Seriously. Um, well, we will be back next week to preview UFC Vegas 16. Again, we need new names versus it's Jack Hermanson versus a late replacement, not so late, a couple weeks, Kevin Holland trying to become your fighter of the year with all those wins in a single year. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your platform of choice, Apple Podcasts, and give us five-star ratings, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, RSS Feed. Remember to subscribe to us on YouTube for both full-length shows like this or snippets that will go on there, little independent bets, DraftKings breakdowns, awesome interviews like Real Mike just did with Gustavo Lopez. All that stuff is going on there. Like, comment, share, spread the word. Thank you for everyone in the chat right now who accompanying us here for this live show. Anyone watching us live, much appreciated. And with that, let's roll.